Hey there, boys and girls. We gotta, we're, we're fast this week. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollywood Weekly. Nick George here to talk about the greatest show on earth. Whoa. BBC Dracula. That fresh piece of IP, Dracula. That, yeah. <laughs> Never run. <laughs> right. Again. Never decaying. Exactly. Yeah, we so we don't often do TV. See, we should probably change that a little bit because I think more and more. Twin Peaks was the biggest one we did. Yeah, exactly. But I, I mean, when you look at things like The Outsider and 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 you know, Castle into the Ryan fucking Black world Mare, season two, right? That, I mean, I feel like a lot of the best work, some of the stuff I'm most excited about when I look down the schedule of what's coming in, in cinema compared to TV, I'm actually a little bit more excited about TV for like the first part of 2020, right? So I think I'm. I think it might be the whole thing, to be honest. Like, there's, there's, there's like a handful of like films going this year. This one is particular for us because we are so honestly baffled by the reaction to BBC Dracula. Because cards on the table, we both love it. Not that we think it's perfect, but we love it. And it seems like the vast majority of the internet hates it. It's 56% audience rate. With like a white hot passion, right? So, I mean, I I was telling you right before we were recording that I I Googled BBC Dracula on Twitter and the first thing that came up was worst hour and a half of television of my life, right? So, I mean, there were people who really... life? He was just born. It's fine. So, (laughs) but, but here's the thing, like it's... It, we we were like we we want to we want to kind of think this through out loud and see if we can figure out what the hell is going on because it's we're so different from what's happening out there with the reaction to the show polar opposite right totally opposite but here's what I want I want to just let me give you like where I'm coming from in in thirty seconds right? gotcha so basically the way I'm looking at this is if you put it in horror context because every review or comment I saw was dealing with the show in and of itself. And that's fine. That's fair. That's probably the best way to review things, right? But we're horror fans doing a horror podcast. So in the context of horror, I started thinking about what do you get? What what do you people want? Like, what what do we want collectively, right? Mm -hmm. So do we want Pet Cemetery remake where it's completely dull and unimaginative, where you change almost nothing? You're just like modernizing it, right? right? Or do we want it, chapter one and two remake where you make a couple changes where you need to, right? And then you make it really polished and pro and basically tell the same story, but with updated effects or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, or option three, do you want a radically different approach that takes a lot of chances and is super creative and like whatever. So I feel like if you present it in the abstract, horror fans would be like, option three, please. But then when you give it to them, they're like, fuck you, please. <laughs> right. And you're like, what's going on here? This kind of doesn't make any sense. So I didn't order sausage. So, so then, so then I'm looking at it and then I realized, well, a lot of the reviews I'm seeing aren't horror people. <laughs> right. So maybe that was a big part of, they're just taking it as a piece of content. Like they, they're Sherlock watchers. So they don't even know what to make of this in context of horror, right? Right. But in the context of horror, I think this is an amazing production. On its own, I think it's amazing, and I'll get to that. But in the context, I just wanted to point out there's only so many ways you can do this, and I feel like this is the bravest, Mm -hmm. so what the hell, right? But on top of that, this is the thing that popped into my head as a metaphor, right? 
I have problems with some of the stuff this show did. I actually hate the two Van Helsings. There's a lot of spoilers. In you hate episode, them? By the way. I hate that there were two. I think there should have been just one. No. Right? You're... So I know. I know. We're, we're, the stops. Right, right. Everyone's going to have their own things. Well, just, just stick up in that because I'm almost done. Okay, okay. So like, and, and I, di- I, I dislike, honestly, a couple of the things like we were talking before about the overuse of the I never drink pause wine line you yeah, know yeah. And stuff like that so do i think it's perfect no there were some things that actually were really distracting that i didn't like about it, it, it overall i loved it but there were some distracting things so then i realized but it's also this amazing it's the only thing that gave me it's it's the only thing even remotely recently that gave me that same thrill that lost boys or maybe the good parts of interview with the vampire did because the implications of what Dracula and vampires represent are the scariest thing about Dracula. Like Lost Boys, you're a teenager forever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And it's terrifying that you're stuck as a teenager, but you have a 500-year-old mind or you're just going on and on and on. And this does that so well, right? So then I was like, here's my analogy for this, and then I'm done. This is my analogy for this production. You, they took the exam and they got a B. The the exam is a B. Mm-hmm. And then they were given an extra credit question. And they gave the greatest answer to the extra credit question you could ever give on an exam in the history of time. They gave the kind of answer that the teacher will remember on his deathbed. That it'll tell other teachers about 10 years from now. So did they nail the exam? Almost. But then the extra thing, the piece that makes this special and different than what other people do, is the most amazing thing about it that nobody's talking about. <laughs> My rant over. <laughs> Man, that was a good rant. I almost, I wish I had a rant ready. Like, <laughs> I just want to like channel like Stephen A. and be like, the BBC Dracula is the LeBron James. <laughs> you rolled the R. That was good. <laughs> of, of horror television. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't either until, <laughs> until just now. That's crazy. Well, tell me what you loved about it, or or argue back on the things. Well, that real, I don't real like, quick, whatever. one other thing. Yes. Oh, I had a skit that I wanted to do. I wanted to. Uh, I'll do this at the end because we because before me and George were recording this, we he had sent me a link of Roger Ebert and Martin Scorsese. How, how did he say? His, I always said Scorsese, but he said it like Scorsese, Scorsese right? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. I don't know, but I learned something. New. Uh, I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to give Dracula uh, my Martin Scorsese review of Dracula. He goes, it's it's a great picture. <laughs> Uh, Dracula, it's told in a way, an unconventional way. I can <laughs> so hear him. I can hear how he, he would do it. It's an unconventional. It's an unconventional way they totally. get about Dracula dealing with his mortality, mortality or lack thereof. That's perfect. That's, that's exactly what that's, that's exactly what. <laughs> I feel like I watched them do their top ten films of the nineties, <laughs> and I know exactly and now you're what he's. Yeah, him. now I can chill. Him. No, honestly, like you, you would, you had mentioned. Uh, like the reviews weren't that great and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. And then you watched it and you were like, okay, this is like, this, this is the good, good. Like you got to watch it. Yeah. The online take on this is in the, the aggregate is first episode, really good. Second episode, man, third episode, terrible ruin the whole thing. That's, that's the online take for this. Awful take. <laughs> <laughs> good job. None of you. What was Scorsese thing of that thing? Uh, the third episode. <laughs> I tell you, <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> so no, like one of my, like one of my favorite films is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes, right. And I still think Bram Stoker's Dracula did some things better, like the costume, some of the effects, like when Gary Oldman's like like the bat human form, sure. and then the score. Yes, 
but everything else, I think this Dracula did better. See, that's amazing because when we first met and discovered that we really shared a passion for horror and I was asking you your top movies, the first two you blurted out were Sleepy Hollow and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Like Bram Stoker's Dracula is a big movie for you. That's a big movie. And the fact that anything could even get close to it is, yeah, and is it, remarkable. And it wasn't like sometimes mm-hmm. like when like when Mads Nicholson was like crushing his Hannibal and people mm-hmm. started going like, oh, I think like he rivals in a different way. He rivals Anthony yeah. Hopkins. He made it his own thing and it's unique and it's fresh and you so, know, I think it's probably equal to that. Totally. Like, uh, I was a little like sad. I was like, but no, Anthony Hopkins is Hannibal. Like you can't do that. Get away. <laughs> right, right, but exactly. with this one, that Dracula, I fucking loved him from the get. Yep. I thought everything about him, he was charming. Here's my, here's my thing with Dracula. Like, and honestly, it's probably my thing with a lot of the universal monsters. A lot of them just aren't scary. Yes. Frankenstein's not scary. The mummy's not scary. Well, Invisible Man is not scary. Right, not they anymore. were, but I, but I, yeah, right. I didn't, didn't have the pleasure that, right? of being born before they cured polio, <laughs> so I don't know what that's like. <laughs> polio might be coming back. Right? <laughs> yeah, goddamn. <laughs> I heard there. Okay. Goddamn. Uh, but like this one made Dracula scary again, and it. But not only that, it made him charming. It made him smart. Fun. It gave him a lot of charisma. Yep. I loved how. You know, he even mentions it in the show. He's a 500-year-old warlord. Yep. And some of the tactics he was doing to screw over people were like, you know, general. Like, like he was thinking totally. 10 steps ahead of them of what he was well, going to do. Let's, so let's do this for a second because that I, that was the complaint of many of the reviewers I saw, which was we're so sick of he's he, people have to be the smartest person in the room a la Hannibal Lecter and a la, you know, like Sherlock from, from the series. And they didn't like... That Dracula, I mean, literally, I saw a tweet was yawn. Oh, he's the smartest person in the room. Okay, we get it. You, that's how you guys always write these shows. And and so I sort of get that as a if you get tired of a trope and, and, and then you feel like you're seeing it again. Right. But my counter to that be like, what do you want them to do? If a person's smart enough to rise to be the warlord of a country and then keep that job, then, which, right? Which was, then, which was not you. If you're Genghis Khan level smart, right, and then you have 500 more years to get smarter and accumulate information, and then you come up against a nun who's and, who's lived like a third of a human life. Like, of course, he's going to outsmart, or what at a, least you're like, you know, it's not. This is ridiculous. But more, what do you want from these people? But more importantly, what a disservice they're doing to the character, and especially this rendition of uh, Abraham. Van Helsing. Right. Because her whole thing was is that Dracula, he should always outsmart her. He's 500 right. fucking years old. Right. He he learns. And he doesn't, by the and way. And he learns. He people, doesn't always outsmart her, but he does. That's exactly a lot my of people, point, right? is because that's what makes that Van Helsing, in my opinion, stronger than Anthony Hopkins, which is funny because he's <laughs> both of his characters in this episode of Hannibal yeah, <laughs> and Van episode, Helsing. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think that is why I really fell in love with this Van Helsing is because Dracula should absolutely outsmart her every single fucking step of the way. Mm-hmm. He's been around long. He obtains other people's information when he drinks their blood. He should be the smartest. He should be the quickest. Right. And if, but if Van Helsing takes Dracula down then it should be a remarkable achievement and it wouldn't be if he was an idiot. <laughs> and but what, but more importantly is 
when it comes to like one of the themes they tackle of you know the devil and the god and and, yep. and, and spirituality yep. what makes van helsing so strong is that the guy who should be smart is not because she strongly believes in her faith right. and that will always be better than selling your soul to the devil right. and that is so fucking powerful and for some motherfucker be like oh yeah <laughs> he probably wiped the drool <laughs> off his mouth and tightened up his fucking helmet and then hit send tweet <laughs> fucking send nerd tweet. yeah exactly <laughs> agreed but so and and here's the thing like i it, you know, you can have like individual things about the the baffling thing to me about this is that if you could, so there's this an amazing scene in the movie The Cell, if you remember, which we I remember did, we like, did that, <laughs> you know, at, where there's a horse and then these like glass slides come down and segment the horse and spread apart, and then you got slices, right? Mm-hmm. If you could do that to this production and look at the slices, look at the music and the acting and the atmosphere and the scare factor and the philosophy and like whatever, and you looked at them all individually and took them out and anonymized them, like sample A, sample B, and handed them over to people. Well, they're all excellent. Right. But when you put them back together and then you label it BBC Dragula, people are like, this sucks. They're like, wait, what's happening? This doesn't make any sense because all of the individual components are amazing. Mm-hmm. So how is this happening? And I think, I so I, I want to throw out a, a theory that I can't even fully explain, but just, just I think people, I think we're all in a trap that we're not realizing yet. Right. And I think kind of like episode two, kind of like episode two. I think we're going to realize later the trap that we were in. So the trap is basically this. Nothing is going to satisfy us anymore. Right. Because these things are going to look a little too polished. They're going to be a little aggravating in the because when they punch certain points that aggravate you, they're going to do it in a way that's more colorful. It's more, it's in better high def. It's louder. It's so like, you're going to feel more aggravated because the things that you don't like it. it, uh, Let me reverse engineer this argument. When you were watching a terrible movie in the eighties, and if you grew up at that time, if you're an eighties horror fan, right? A lot of times you were watching them in really crappy visual quality, which masked, some of the problems Mm -hmm. and all of that kind of thing is gone. Right. So now when you're looking at it, you're looking at every individual pixel and every like thing and everyone's getting hyper aggravated by, by certain things, especially since the, you know, especially if you're dealing with a, a story that has been retold and retold so many times and you're comparing it in your head to previous things that had the benefit of that. And these, the newer things won't. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I had that same experience actually when I was watching it chapter two, which I think is, is pretty good. Not as good as chapter one, but I thought the, the the way they dealt with Pennywise in chapter two, I thought was excellent. Right. Right. But there were scenes where he was rolling one eye sideways or Pennywise was rolling his eyes back in his head or whatever. And they looked ridiculous to me. And, and it's weird because they shouldn't, because they were really well done, mm-hmm. right? But like Bruce in Jaws looks better than that, but it's only because I can't see a lot of Bruce in Jaws in that one shot where you can see everything in this kind of shot, right? So I feel like that's sort of a little bit what's going on is people are just more easily hyper aggravated by individual elements of things. And they're watching them with one eye on, you know, their watch and their phone and their thing and like mm-hmm. the distraction and they're, they're not in the flow. They're not immersed in it. And, and what I believe is if this Dracula had come out in the seventies done the way it was, but shot seventies now, and it was Brian standing alongside, right. But it, right. Yeah, but if it was standing alongside like the Jack Palance Dracula and the Franklin Jella Dracula and all that stuff, this would be legendary. 
Right. right? So now you got something that would have been legendary if it had been dropped in a different era. When now it drops now and people are well, yeah, it's people just haven't came. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that's I see, I see, I see what you're saying, and like it's weird. Like even with that argument, like I still don't see what people like what problems they have with this Dracula. Like one, it was the scariest. I'll, I'll say this, like. Maybe the cinematography wasn't like the best at all times. Like I don't think it was as I don't think it, it was shot as well as like some of the Sherlock seasons. Right. Right. But like it didn't need to be because we had one of the best on screen Draculas of all fucking time. Yeah, look, can we talk about that for a second? So the two central performances in this movie are in this show are amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. So Van Helsing and Dracula are both incredible. But but I I just want to like because we're doing these meta arguments and outside arguments and arguing with reviewers, but it's 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 going to rob the show of some of its credit if we don't just talk about the show. So talk about Dracula's performance for a second. Like give me moments that you loved or stuff that he did that that you thought was amazing. Like you were telling me about the children, the night thing, which I thought was incredible. So tell me because I want people to get a taste if they haven't seen it, a taste of some of what's amazing about it. So like I. I really I, I liked when you first see him and he's really decrepit and he and you know he's just starting to drink some of the blood and, and you know rejuvenate. Same as Bram Stoker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, 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 same shit like that. Yep. But like, I just thought this Dracula, like, I never found, and it maybe it's because of the costume. Like, I never found Gary Oldman's Dracula charming. Well, that was the biggest flaw of that movie is it's not scary at all. It's not scary, and he's not that charming. No, to be honest, it's those stupid. The best thing about Bram Stoker's Dracula is not Gary Oldman's performance. No, he's he's great in it, but it's it's right. not the it's not the best. Coppola thing. is the best thing about Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> oh yeah, hands down. Right, <laughs> and and the costumes. Right, right. <laughs> those, those, which he picked. Right. Those things steal the goddamn show. Um, <clears throat> no, but like when we were watching this, like it, I mean, it's it's all it's always really hard, like when you get an iconic character and someone else falls in the shoes. Because yes. whenever you think of Dracula, you're almost 100% of the time you're going to think of Bela Lugosi. And then second, you're going to go to Christopher Lee. And I think even maybe third, you go to Max uh, Shrek, Shriek, or whatever. Shrek. Um, yep. Like the fucking Shriek would have been movie. Better. Shriek would have been better. <laughs> yeah. But now he's named after an ogre. Um, <laughs> but... And so, and so those are those are really hard hard shoes to follow, and you have to like you have to be like LeBron James level like across the board great at everything. And I just I really feel like he was he he gave me a sense of like I wanted him to be on his side, but I could never trust him. Yep. But then he's gonna crack a joke and make me laugh, and while I'm laughing, he slices my throat. Yep. And I haven't really I never really got that vibe from Bella. I never Christopher Lee. I just felt like he was going to rip my head off at any moment. Right, right. Well, yeah, and a lot of them are like that. They're they're very like the Jack Plant's Dracula that that we watched. He was basically just a snarling animal. He right? was angry all right? the time. Like he was the Frankenstein Dracula because he just grunted and came at you. Right. So exactly this this guy had patience. Yep. Which Dracula has nothing but time. Well, here now here's the thing. So this is this is the thing that I think is really really special. And I don't know how much of it's in the writing compared to how much of it's in the performance. I'm hoping it's equal because that's you know that would be amazing because that means we're dealing with multiple talents there. But mm-hmm. um, this Dracula is super curious, and I never got curiosity vibes from any of the other Dracula performances. Right, the other Draculas were manipulators and chess players, or they were just demonic, or they were whatever. Like Christopher Lee is not trying to figure out what makes people tick. 
He's trying to figure out how to open their throats. Right. This Dracula was authentically intrigued by one of the best moments. And one of the reasons everyone who says episode three is terrible is wrong is one of the best moments in the whole series is when Dracula lands in that shithole apartment flat in London. Oh, I, I love that. And and the the woman, he wakes up the woman or she wakes up because she hears him or I forget what the sequence is, but he's already killed her husband and folded him into a, a standing refrigerator that's way too small to fit a human. And then he's just sitting there watching the sunrise on Disney Plus on TV or whatever he's watching, right? And because he can't experience the sunrise for real and he's watching on the TV and you can see he's almost crying. Like he's so moved by the fact that he's, it's the first time he's seeing the sun in 400 years or whatever. But he it, it, he turns to the, to the woman who's renting the flat and he goes, where are your servants? Are they, mm-hmm. are, are they, do they have the day off? Like you must be fabulously wealthy with all of these amazing devices. He's like, I've, I've, I've killed kings and queens and walked among the wealthiest, uh, the Habsburgs and the, you know, Anastasia and all that. And none of them have ever seen anything as marvelous as this room. And the woman's looking around, like, honestly confused at her one-bedroom apartment. She's like, like, it's a dump. All right. (laughs) All right. Like, whatever. But he's so intrigued by what we're doing as humanity to advance, even though it looks small to him, but it also looks amazing to him. It's It's a weird... Like, you know how it goes, but that perspective, that curiosity is, is totally unique to this performance and creation. Right. And to have something so cool, that's so new in a character that's so old and then have everyone online shitting on it, it's just so weird. I'm also like, I'm, I'll, and I'll be honest, like I'm a sucker for romance. Like I yeah. love, ro- well, uh, you, that's why you like Bram Stoker's Dragon. Well, it's one of those romantic well, I like. Versions of well, it. I like you know, I like I love my romance movies. I love my rom coms. Yep. But I did enjoy the fact that they did not make this Dracula a sad boy. Right. You know, in all the other films, he's, he's like, oh, the, is that your past. is that yep. your Mina? She looks yep. just like blah 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 yeah. from eighteen hundreds. Yep. They didn't. They didn't nope. do that. Like nope. they sort of looked at Mina, but he used Mina. Uh, as Mino a, didn't mean any more to him than the other. It was all about him. He was very narcissistic. He was like, this was my best bride. This was my best creation. He's looking at them as creations. He's trying to get to an end point. And the weird thing is, it's an analogy for a writer trying to write a masterpiece. So it's clearly the writer's are thinking of themselves narcissistically, which normally would annoy me, but it's perfect for the for this, right? Like, like I I picked up the metaphor and I should have been annoyed, but I was like, wait, it's perfect for this. Yeah, I I liked I like the fact that like he wasn't motivated by some old fling, like right. because he's fucking Dracula, right? Like, what's he need? Like, he can get a right. thousand other brides. Right. He wants world domination, right? I want my Dracula's goal to be clear, <laughs> just, yes. just like this one. Yes. And that, he even said something along the lines of like, I'm going to go to the new world and kill like all of your people. Yeah. And it doesn't bother you. Yeah. <laughs> bother and, you. and he, when he was, when he was trying to kill Van Helsing and he thought he was going to consume her at the time, spoiler, um, he, um, he was, he told her, you're going to travel to the new world in my vein. Right. Like, that's so interesting. Right? What mm-hmm. the hell? Like, because everyone he eats is a part of him. It's like when Freddy Krueger has all the faces that are bubbling out of him in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. four or five. I forget which one that happened in, like, whatever. But that's the thing is it had sort of that vibe and all of that is amazing. But so, so back up a second, because we're a horror podcast. We're horror fans. I want to deal with how scary this is. So I know that there's a ton of horror fans out there who are super jaded and all they watch is horror 
and it's hard to keep your imagination going. So they're like, nothing scares me and like whatever, which I hate, but there but, is something that scares them. Well, their mom ain't got no hot pockets <laughs> in the freezer. Right? Well, regardless, the thing is that this, if you just have a, if you just let your imagination open up a little bit watching this, this is a terrifying production of Dracula. And I want to give you an example. And then I want you to give me an example back. Cause I know you'll come up with some, cause I, the children that I want to think of the one you're yeah, going to tell me, great. but mine is, there, first of all, the second episode, Blood Vessel, is set on the ship, the Demeter, that's coming back. And no I'm one glad. else has ever told that story in any detail. I love right? that. I'm Every glad other Dracula the glosses that in like a three-minute segment. And then it's, go, it's the ship, over, the ship, right? The ship arrives. There, there's someone tied to Play, the, the, to the Wolves knot, jump yeah. off of it. Plague spreads there's out. There's a right? hole exactly. in the fucking yeah. sail. <laughs> totally right. That's how it always is, right? Yeah. But in this one, we spend our time on the ship almost like murder mystery style. Yes. And the thing is, I actually really dislike remember we were talking about I really disliked the Room 9 conceit I think that was my least favorite thing about the entire series it was it, it was, was overplayed the reveal was visually ridiculous when the camera ra- ra- I rose, was, I was rose up in the 9 that. shape was, it was yeah. all that was all kind of bullshit who was in the room was interesting but the way it was presented was way overly clever that, which, yeah, is, yeah. which is whatever but the point is there's this, there's this, so first of all, he, whoever he eats, he sort of gets their skills or talents or memories or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So he's trying to have mm-hmm. a conversation with his German duchess and he realizes his German's rusty. So he excuses himself, <laughs> goes, wanders the ship, finds a German person, eats him, and then comes back and he speaks perfect German, which is amazing. That's just objectively an incredible thing to do. But the moment when he's, he's stalking this girl that he finds on the ship, and she's talking about how she's going to get married and she's going to have kids and she's going to have the perfect life and she's going to whatever. And he goes, that's all sounds great too. But he's like, that all sounds great. That would have been amazing. And she catches it. She goes, would have been like, why are you talking past tense? And he's like, because I'm a vampire. And then he's going to kill her. But before he kills her, he, he shows her in, in this water, like a mirror, he shows her what could have been. The life she's imagining, he plays it out for her. He's like, you would have been an amazing wife. You would have been an amazing mother. You would have had an amazing kid. And I'm going to take it all from you forever right now. That is terrifying. There's no way for that to not be terrifying, right? That's like chilling. Yeah. I got to chill talking about it, right? So like, and and there are other things, other movies way back to like M from 1931 all the way to now. There's horror, there's horror moments where you realize the implications are something is forever like or not forever but like something is so huge like when you when they stitched together frankenstein and brought him to life that shouldn't have happened and now he's alive he has to spend the rest of his life dealing with the fact that he's exists and he shouldn't it's Mm -hmm. a mistake right so he's just forever stuck with a mistake there's no way to rectify it and this is reversed like he's erasing someone forever right and and it's terrifying. So we're all, you know, your horror fans, this is the most terrifying iteration of, of Dracula in quite a while. Not only not only in the scenes themselves, but the implications of what they mean for the characters that are getting, and right. the atmosphere they're being being displayed in, the, the part where the ship gets sunk and is going down sideways and the flames are coming out of it. There's these amazing shots that are just like chilling and incredible. So I don't get it. I don't, like, the, the, the single most, as being people who have run a horror podcast for years and years and years, the single biggest complaint we hear from horror fans is not scary. This is scary, and it's still getting no support. <laughs> Makes no sense. I... 
totally forget what I had something so well, I had you, something you, so oh, good. Oh shit! No, 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 <laughs> sorry, it was, no, 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 because that was great. That was great. That was great. That was great. No, no, it's it's gonna come back to me. It was Dracula giving the girls sucking her blood. He went away there. Uh, that's not how things come back. He to was me. talking about. That's all comes back to me. I oh, say it out loud. I sort of do like a little mini backtrack there. <laughs> no, you were talking about how like it showed her how her life was gonna play yes. out. Yes. What I loved about that is that they, they sort of showed you option A and option B. So option A was this is how your life was gonna play out. Right. Oh, I know exactly what I'm gonna say. See, that worked. See? I know exactly what I'm gonna say. Good. Put a pin in that. No other horror movie has made me question what I'm gonna do in real life. Oh, interesting. Before. I always told Alex and I told my family whenever I die, wow. don't do not send me to Springfield, Ohio, and bury me. I don't want my body in Springfield, Ohio. I right. would I'd rather die. <laughs> right, right, right. I have always told Alex that. <laughs> right. I said I want to be cremated. Yep. And then when Dracula said, <laughs> "Oh, the cremation thing." You're right. Okay, go, tell when, me. When he said, you know, it hurts, and you know, you're mo- you're probably alive. So for for people who haven't seen it, what there's a a tr- there's a lot of tricky stuff in the series about. What characters undead. are yeah? But, but what characters are who? So like the characters from the novel, Lucy and Mina, whatever. There's a lot of trickery with who they are, they're how still they're presented it. to you. They're in it, but they're different changed places and, and in time. Have sort of different relationships with each other a little bit and whatever. Right. So Lucy is tur- getting turned into a vampire by Dracula, and she has in decided she in the modern age she wants to be cremated, and he knows he's turning her. <laughs> So he knows she's going to rise from the grave and he knows that when she's put into the cremation oven, she's going to be conscious. So he tells her, make sure you go back and change your arrangements. And she doesn't believe him and doesn't do it. So she gets cremated alive and we see it. And episode it's three. again, terrifying. Let's fight for episode three. Yeah. Let's get, let's, let's. Yeah. Cause that was the one that got the most crap. Episode for some reason. Uh, here's, here's what I think. I think if you're someone who honestly in your heart, hates episode three put your tongue back in your mouth and watch it again <laughs> because you're wrong no let's change their mind so well we, i i guess you can't even change your mind all we can do is be passionate about what we're passionate about because because you're right i was very skeptical i told you before uh this came like i was like i can't believe they're taking it modern times so fast and i still believe it went too fast i still think there should have been more i feel like the so the weakest thing i think both of us agree about this is the weakest, not piece, but weakest thread to it is the actual ending because it was too rushed. It was right? it that was, it was very was way too very rushed. quick, and they couldn't fit in enough. I feel like two ep- two one hour and a half episodes was good enough in the time we had. There should have been two one and a half hour episodes in modern times, I and it would have been that. perfect. I agree. With but that. they tried to put too much in, so there was a, you, you couldn't quite get to caring about Lucy as much as you should. You couldn't quite believe that Dracula was getting taken out the way he was, you know, mm. it was, it was all too sudden. There just wasn't enough space for it. So I do agree that that's a flaw there. Right. But the, it, it makes up for the flaw by being one of the scariest episodes. Right. So I was very skeptical of it and pretty clear eyed about like whatever. And I was going into it, expecting to hate it. And there was just no way to hate it because everything that's great about this was magnified by the choice of bringing it into modern times. Right. The humor got better. I love that he guessed the Wi-Fi password in his jail cell. <laughs> they had Dracula in a jail cell in the Jonathan Harker Institute, you know, prison. And they were like, how'd you hook up to the Wi-Fi? He's like, well, the password's my name. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> no, it was amazing. No, I love it. I love it. Right. stupid that right. the password. <laughs> no, it was stupid that he did it. It was amazing that he... And 
the, the, just the humor was like whatever. And then the scare, the the fright went up with the with the killing. The two scariest things of the three scariest moments in the series to me the are the children in the night scene, the showing the girl what her life would have been when taking it away scene, and then the cremation scene. Two of the three are in the third episode. Yeah. And then right. everything everything they did with the undead and Dracula was scary, especially that first episode when he uncovers like the people like in the box and they're like yep. crammed in there and yep. then he's getting chased. By and these. they unfold themselves out of the box like Pennywise did in it chapter one, you know, in the, in the <laughs> yeah. Nebolt house, you know, scene. And so that was kind of cool. Right. But but the, the 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 scares went up in the modern time. The humor went up in the modern time. And I don't like what happened with Van Helsing. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna spring something on you. I just want to see. I, I I'm gonna bet you a million dollars you can't tell me the name of Van Helsing two. Agatha's Van Helsing Agatha's one. one. Right. Agatha. Well, I don't care because Agatha's my favorite. Well, of course, but I, I didn't really but, care about the Part one. of my point that that character was forgettable is there's no way you know her name off the top of your head. No, I and I, and but I do think I do agree with you that if we had had two episodes in the modern time it and, and you had enough of the bouncing between yes. Agatha and the new one, yes. I would have cared for her more. Yes, I do agree with you on that. Yeah. Um. But no, like so. Episode three had some of the scary moments. One, him stuffing the guy in the fridge was just awesome. Yes. I loved that. Um, them going to the, like, I, I, the de- death stuff always freaks me out. Like, when we went to the death museum, like, yes. I was cool with everything except for, like, the funeral stuff. Yep. The funeral stuff wigged me out. Like, I, I hate it. It's always weird. <clears throat> Even when I went home for Christmas, my grandma passed away and we were at the, fu- we lived, uh, like, two houses down from a funeral home. Right. And that just always made me feel weird. Totally. Um, so like that stuff's always gonna freak me out. Um, but when they went to the cemetery, uh, in fact, it's, it, I'm glad they changed some of the lines. Cause we had mentioned how I don't drink wine right. comes up like three times in like the first two episodes. I loved how they repurposed. And you always heard wah, wah, wah after he said it. And you're like, Oh God. But th- that was the only time they did that. Cause go ahead. Yeah. So then instead of having, you know, the wolves, Listen howling, to them, the children of the night, what music they make. Having it switch from being like wolves outside to being people undead buried underground is the scariest yeah. like like it's it's weird because like it's unsettling but it's also like a little hokey like a little haunted mansiony totally but like that works it's perfect that it's works perfect for it because you can't do that all grim and like whatever and that's the thing is i detected a little bit of let the right one in let me in in this production and right I, that to me is amazing that it had a little of that DNA in it, a little of that look in it, right? Like when Lucy was getting cremated, because there's a scene where a major character in Let, Let the Right One In and Let Me In gets, it goes up in flames. Mm-hmm. And it was filmed a little bit like that, right? So like, you know, the fact that, that that because the premise, think about how genius this is, okay? And, and here, I, I get it. These The writers think they're clever. Mark Gaddis is an incredible horror historian so like i give him credit for being clever but the charge against them is they're way too clever and they make everything you know way too clever right so so i get the charge but this is just authentically so genius right the idea of dracula is he eats stuff and that dna goes forward with him and he gets more skills and more talent as a matter of fact one of the amazing things about the reveals about the second episode is that dracula picked the passengers on the ship for individual skills so he could eat them and get them so he'd be ready when he landed in London. Mm-hmm. So he's got like an accountant and a and a fighter and a like, because he's like, I want all those skills when I get there, right? Which is just incredible, right? But the idea is 
you take the best of what's before you consume it and now it's yours and you use it for your own purposes which is exactly what any creator does. They take a look at the past movies and TV shows and go, that was amazing, I'll steal that. That was amazing, I'll steal right. that. And they go on. So they took a little of let the, the right one in and they took a little Nosferatu. And Here's they what I think. They were doing what Dracula was doing. You know why? They're vampires. That's, <laughs> that's possible. That's, that's, the, very, that's the only answer. That's no, the other thing that I really like. Well, no, when they're funeral, it's if they're cremated, they're not vampires. No. Well, two two <clears throat> things. Yes. Uh, one, I got to finish why episode two is so scary. One, yes. listening to them on the ground. And the fact that he started giving statistics, he's like, one in like every 10 people are yeah. just going to be rotting underground for the rest of their Conscious. lives. Conscious. Conscious. Yep. Rotting. Rotting. Because most undead in this show's theory are... The, the Nosferatu type of undead. They're just snarling, you know, kind of... They're even weaker than Nosferatu. Yeah. And, and, and Dracula is like the advanced form of undead. Yeah. Second, the Bluefur Lady. Yes. Amazing. How fucking frightening was that? Amazing. An undead little kid wanting to play games with you is horrifying. Amazing. And he looked scary. Yes. And you also had like a little dead baby. In the and it was a little creep show vibe there with him peeking out from around the thing. I would expect him to be like, where's my cake? Well, we don't want to talk about Crimson. Especially <laughs> if we're talking TV like this. But yeah, agreed. But that I mean that was terrifying and you're right because but 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 to what I was the point I was making before, that moment when he brings Lucy to the cemetery and he goes, "Listen to that. Do you hear that?" And she goes, "No." And they he puts her hand oh, yeah. on the ground and he goes, "Listen." <laughs> and you start hearing heartbeats and then voices being like, where are the lights? Let me out. Let me out. Terrifying, right? Which is funny because that's what the guy says in the Haunted Mansion. Let me out of here. <laughs> Let me out of here. <laughs> totally. And then the fact that, but if you look at how uh, Clace was performing it, the guy was performing Dracula, he was genuinely fascinated by it. But the thing is, you know, so here's the thing. Like, when you when you're a, when you're someone who deals in extreme circumstances like like a fighter pilot or or a surgeon or something you end up getting dispassionate about it a surgeon could just walk through a pile of limbs like no problem like they're yeah. just raw material there's a guy on tiktok who show takes cadavers and he goes this is a this is a tendon right here Exa- yeah exactly like, they're Whoop. they're just parts to them there's just like you you have to be that way to do that thing right and a lot of Draculas don't get that part right, but he would have to be that way. Like anyone who is that advanced and that alive that long and existing that way, alive quotes, air quotes, it, it, they would have to be that way, right? And there's this amazing moment where he's arguing with Van Helsing and she goes, um, he, he, he goes, uh, he, she goes, why were you wandering around the ship? And he's like, I love people. I love, you know, talking to them and like whatever. And she goes, but you were killing them. Why were you killing them if you love them? And he's like, why do you pick flowers? And it was perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Like, I, it, flowers are fascinating, but I don't I don't care if I chop them off. Exactly. Like, exactly. Would he... like, and that's how his stance is to us is that, that we're, some flowers are worth picking and some flowers, most flowers are not. And like, that's how he sees us. And that sort of like distant interest is perfect for that character. This is a perfect rendition the of other, that character. And, and along the same lines of like picking life, like Dracula and va- and like the and like the vampire mythos has always been about like immortality. Yes. But not a lot of them have really tackled about like what it means to be alive. Right. This one did. Yes. And whenever like he gave like when he gave Lucy the option of like, hey, you can like be like one of us for like forever and ever, like totally. She became that. 
But then all <laughs> she regretted that shit immediately because that's not worth it. Having the fucking mortal life and live at 80 and 90 years or something like that is a way better option than suffering. And don't even get me started on the shot. I'm getting myself started. <laughs> of, of her in the casket. Yep. I just thought that whole scene. I mean, that is honestly probably one of the most gut-wrenching scenes of people mourning the death of her daughter while she's screaming in the coffin. And they will never no. And actually there was the line after they started burning her, she the mom says something along the lines of like I can feel her or I can hear her. Yeah. <laughs> and she's down yeah, there yeah, burning. Yeah. Right. That is the scariest. Right. I mean I mean people always talk about, you know, jump scares are cheap, you know, I want my scares like this that other. That's the scariest thing that I think I've ever seen. That was another thing was this didn't rely on jump scares to be scary and it is scary and that's another horror fan complaint and still no support again but i feel like this episode the refrain of it is and and it's amazing here and no support <laughs> so but 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 we also because i know we're running long so i just want to like we can't skip over first of all the amazing dolly wells who played the dual agatha and zoe van helsing are are zoe. <laughs> are she was from a to z with, That's why with, from a to z without her like this show is not what it is, right? So, so she was incredible. Her, the way she played it in the interrogation scene in the in the convent, the way she mm. played it confronting Dracula at the border of the convent, the way she played it with all of that, the way she played it on the ship when she was weakening, weakening, in in body and spirit, but not mind. Like her mind never wavered. She stayed as fiercely smart confident and, and condescending to Dracula. Like that's the thing. If you think to back to Hannibal Lecter's performance, uh, sorry, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> if you think back to Anthony Hopkins' performance in Coppola's Dracula, he's smart and he's, he's playing chess with Dracula. He's like, he's going to go here. We got to beat him here. We got to get here before he does. Well, so he's, he's trying to outthink him in terms of moves. Right. And he obviously has the knowledge of how vampires work and like whatever. And the resources. Right. So he's a professor. He, he, right. He's Van Helsing. So it, it makes sense. But he's, he's intimidated by Dracula still. This Van Helsing is not intimidated at all. He has nothing on her because she knows she's going to live forever in her with her God, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, she, th- she has no fear. She's completely fearless of of him, right? So there's this amazing moment where she's making a trade for Mina's life to Dracula. Let Mina go. Take me instead, right? Mm-hmm. And he says to her. Bad, bad deal for you because it's not going to be quick. I'm going to make you last. Nobody, and, don't nobody rushes a nun or something like that. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so, but he's threatening her. He's telling her this is going to be painful and extended, right? And you probably didn't think of that before you made this deal. And she's like, she literally pulls her collar back and shows her neck and goes, "Come suckle, boy." Like it's just <laughs> the, so badass. It's the it's the it's so like she, it's dark. But it's also confident, but it's just savage. Like, she's so smart, but also just really, really empowered. So, I I don't know, man. Like, she's incredible. Jonathan Harker's character was incredible. I thought he was going to be terrible. I hate the Jonathan Harker character in every version of Dracula. Yeah, they're pretty much... I mean, I and I'm I'm a big Keanu Reeves fan. Right. I honestly don't bump on that one. Right, right. Right, exactly. But this one, like, was 
different. I'm glad they just ended him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he's not that interesting. He's just a fucking lawyer no, right, who gives right. him the land in London. Right, but he's not that interesting. But the cool thing was, like, he discovered the secret to Dracula's castle that even Dracula doesn't know. Yeah. And he didn't do it because he's fantastically smart. He did it because he was desperate. Right? Well, also, the one thing he says to uh, Van Helsing and... The person who was so clearly Nina from the beginning, yeah, <laughs> um, was he did it because he 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 had uh, a, like a kindness in his heart to help the other people who were asking for help, yep. and then that led him yep. to you know eventually yep. just becoming that bald, ugly dude. In the- yeah, he I honestly looked astonished, which was a great acting moment when they were like, "Why? Well, how did you even have the strength to go try to help people in prison in Dracula's castle when he was draining you at the same time?" He's like, I, well, "Who would have said no?" Yeah. Like he was just baffled. Like, are people, are there any people that bad in the world? But they're all, like, all <laughs> of us are that bad. Like, you're the only one who, but so, so, but he was, that part was amazing, but it also led to the amazing, I'm starting to realize how much Silence of the Lambs is in this movie. Because the, the face swap that was a little bit corny, but the face swap that is amazing oh, that. in Silence of the Lambs happens here too. But yeah. the way it happens here, was incredible. And they set it up when he crawled out of the wolf because he did the exact same thing when he crawled out of Harker, right? Like it looked the same. He was emerging out of the body. Like mm-hmm. he emerged out of the, the wolf at, the, at the, the convent. But the that led to that incredible line when he's, it, Dracula's inside Jonathan Harker, like literally skinned him and he's in his body, right? And he, and because he has to be invited in and and he's tricking them into inviting him in. So so Mina says I invite you in to who she thinks is her fiance or husband. I can't remember if they're married at this point. And 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 he steps through and then she gets this weird vibe off of him and she's like look she's like let me look into your eyes cuz there's something wrong with you. Let me look into your eyes. And he leans close to her and he's like they're not <laughs> and you're like, oh god! Like, yeah, she's like, Why, your eyes are brown, or right, something right, like right. that. And you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> and even okay. that effect looked really good of him ripping that skin it off. Totally looked. It was American Werewolf London transformation. It style. was so like, good. It was yeah. like, it was like, uh, what's the, what's the that, that scene the Poltergeist when they're in the mirror and the, the skin's falling totally. off? It always grosses me out when people just yeah, rip their liquefied. face off. Well, that's why Raiders of the Lost Ark is so terrifying. At the yeah, end that's of it, right? pretty. That's pretty nasty. Yes. No, everything was great, and I, I well, not everything was great. the The number, the room nine thing was not great. The ending was not great. There I don't think were the, some Wawa moments in in like the in sort of like some of the reveals, like you said, the Mina trickery didn't work. It's funny because I feel like the most of my flaws are in one and two, and everyone's hating three. I will say, I I agree. <laughs> like the most, because even what's weird is like even the stuff that like I bumped on, it was like a little speed bump. Like it was nothing exactly. that really bothered me, but like episode three, I just think it was the Well, best. I didn't like that Dracula texting freaking emojis or whatever. I that didn't mind that because, far, but, I, but no, they, I mean, they, they had their bases covered though. I mean, he, 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 he ate drank the, the blood of the guy and right. he, that guy knows how to text. And remember when he ate the guy with the stutter and he temporarily had a stutter. That was amazing. I loved his London 
flat. Isn't that what they call it over there? It's yeah. like, it's, well, whatever it's it is, flat. it's like a mansion. The colors of it were great, though. Like, he was yeah. sitting there, and it was like that purple. Well, that was like Fright Night Remake. Yeah, like, it was. Or even that's Fright Night 2. Fright Night 2. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying is there's like the DNA of some of the best bits from all the old Draculas. It's like it's like this Dracula flew out, watched all the other Draculas, ate them, right? <laughs> right. and then tried to carry the best bits forward. Like, this, I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I really don't understand any hate for it at all. Like, I... It, it it truly baffles me. I'm I'm a little bit different. After thinking it through out loud with you, I th- I I understand. But the problem is is I I I shouldn't say this because it's gonna come out totally the wrong way. But I actually feel a little bit bad for people who are so dead inside they can't enjoy this, <laughs> right? Because you just have to be a little dead inside not to enjoy the verve and excellence and. Even let's say, let's say, for example, that you hated the writing, you hated the modernization of it, you hated all those things, right? Like whatever. It's still got some of the greatest acting performances of the last few years in it, right? I mean, right. there there are so many bad horror productions, movie and TV both, that we have forgiven over the years because of amazing moments or performances, right? Like I literally think that there are people who are tweeting they hate BBC Dracula who love maximum overdrive, right? Like get the <laughs> right. fuck out of here with this, right? Like, I mean, like, is it a runtime <laughs> issue? Like, do they look at it and they go, well, I can't watch an hour and a half movie without shit in my pants. Like <laughs> what's happening? But right. Like, and it's not like, you know, you, you and I have had disagreements over some things that are like generally considered to be amazing. Like I have a pretty, healthy aversion to Frank Darabont's version of the mist, right? I recognize it's excellent and I've grown mm-hmm. to, to respect it and like it more than I did the first time I watched it, but there's still things that I really don't like in it, you know? And, 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 but I forgive it or just look past it because there's so much great stuff in right. there that like whatever. And we do that all the time with whatever. And, and, and we've done that with so many horror properties. And then this one comes along, does this excellent job with it, and it's given no, none of that treatment at all. It's just bizarre. But I mean, there like, it is. We don't feel that way clearly. So. What do they think about Tom Cruise's mummy? You know <laughs> well, everyone, that's universal. What do they think about Dracula everyone Untold? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, everyone I mean seriously, them. this is one of like, the better things. And you know what's interesting is the only, to me, the only good moment in Dracula Untold is Charles Dance. I, I felt like his ancient vampire was was legitimately scary and and kind of like very intense and kind of charming. He's only in it for like, I don't know. He shows up later, but the best part is in the beginning. And that vibe that's in that is in this too. It's weird. It's weird that this one like gives me like echoes of almost all the stuff I like in even where I did, even if I don't like the whole thing. Right. They're taking like the good stuff from the other thing. So I, I, I don't understand, but we don't need to argue with ghosts anymore. Like, cause those two, the internet's not here. So we're done with that, but we love this. We think it's amazing. If you have not seen it, I wanted to ask you something, try to go into it with an open mind and with your imagination open, try like, we were just talking about Scorsese and Ebert. If you, if you could, if you could watch something in a Scorsese or Ebert kind of mindset, right? Like when you watch the picture, <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this, and then we can sign off. Oh wait, I've, I also have to give a shout out to the 
what they did with the Quincy Morris character. Remember, so he's the cowboy in Coppola's Dracula, right? Right. And it was a big deal when he did it because no one had ever put that character in a Dracula adaptation. He's the American and he gets dropped from everyone. And he's cool in Bram Stoker's Dracula. But this Quincy is a total asshole. Yeah. And that's kind of great. Like how they handled this guy was, was awesome. So. I did. I did. I did like him. Okay. He was sort of, he cared about Lucy a little bit. <laughs> um, so Dracula can get the information from people whose blood he drinks. Yes. You get one person uh, in the world to drink their blood. Whose blood are you drinking? To get to get all their, to what get they their know. power. Well, yeah, yeah. it would have been Shakespeare. He's not. Does it work on dead things? Can no, you can't get his Stop. blood. Yeah, because because he's already dead. And plus, if you drink the blood of someone who's dying, oh, that's right. You can't. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. The fact that he tried to eat eat a cancer patient and threw up. Dracula tried to eat a cancer patient and threw up because because someone with and he was like illness fuck is, cancer and they're like they, yeah I got that bumper sticker too because they said they literally said that Dracula was was he, he was he, unlike the other undead who stayed primitive part of why Dracula became so smart and so you know like formidable was he was very selective about who he ate he called himself a connoisseur as a matter of fact when there's one moment when uh, someone visits his 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 place in London and I forget who it was, but she, maybe it's Lucy and she brings a friend or whatever. And he goes, oh, you brought a bottle for the table. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it might have been the lawyer because that yeah, guy was a was doofus. Amazing. I love him. Oh, the lawyer Renfield was incredible, too. That move. OK. See, there's so much good I, shit. I know. We, we can't, can't, even, even, get we can't even stop talking about it because we keep remembering amazing things about it. All right. Um, who would I? All right. You must have an answer already. So you go I and I'll think about definitely it. definitely don't. <laughs> but, but I'm going to I'm going to think because like I want I want the blood of someone who. Ah. Uh, Hulk Hogan. No, <laughs> let me. Oh, geez. Let me re. Let me rephrase your question and see what you think of this this version of that okay. question. Who would you? Let's say you 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 have Dracula's ability to do that. Who would you? Who do you go for first? Mm. Not only, but but just first, right? Because only means you got one shot at it, and it makes the hard question, you know, like oh god. But if you just go for who goes first. Because then I feel like there's the possibility that you just wish for more wishes in this scenario. You know who I you know who, you, know, you, know who, you know who I do? You? you know Martin Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode. Okay, so this picture may enjoy your view right here. It's a, it's a heartfelt. It's a spellbinding film about children who are overcoming the odds in suburban Chicago. What what does it say about me that I'm just thinking I'm just gonna ambush and and get like the the first bank manager I see so I know the codes to everything like because you can move sequentially like Dracula was step by step to step to you know like whatever if you're only getting if you're only getting one though um, wow Jeff Bezos Jeff Be no no you get all no. the money you can Be buy well see here's the thing though because Dracula's didn't take he was just consuming information he wasn't taking on the personalities of anybody he, that's right? true so that's a whole different thing you're just you're just basically trying to get information i mean the answer would be like a stephen hawking or something right yeah, you like want to get the smart. person who has the most information but like <laughs> also like you would want to get like you know tyson fury or something like that <laughs> you know what I'm saying? someone starts talking trash you right right hands <laughs> <laughs> they're like whoa 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You'd want to get like a. You got to find. I don't know. It's a good question, but it's a great question for people to let us know on our Facebook page. So if you're listening to this, come tell us who's who's your only. You only get one. Let's change. You only get one. You only get one. Who's your victim? Who you taking? Put it on Facebook. Put it in an iTunes review. That'd be hilarious. And then let us. Then let us. Let us know. Steve Jobs would have been a good answer back in the day when he was left. Um, I don't know. Like who's like who's like the smarty pants. Of the 2020s, like who's yeah? Gonna after be... Stephen Hawking went, it's pretty much Bill Gates, basically. I think that's probably yeah, that's the, probably the best. That's probably the answer now. I did watch a documentary with him recently. He's still pretty formidable intellectually. So. Was it that Netflix documentary? Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. So he's, I mean, he's pretty. Yeah, he's he's no sly. He's not actually, you know what? To be no. safe, though, I would just take the blood of people around him. Like keep Bill Gates because obviously yeah. he's doing some good shit. Yeah, now. good idea, good. And yeah. then just work. oh yeah, you're right. There's implications of yeah, like, yeah. Like if who you take yeah, out, yeah, like right. half of Africa is like not gonna. China's not gonna get power in 2024. <laughs> so like, because because my ass wanted to get his blood. <laughs> you know, honestly, I find it's funny that you steered it that direction because I find like, you know. Christopher Nolan or those types really fascinating. It would be interesting to like, can you imagine like eating Quentin Tarantino and you just see like, I no, mean, because you, have, then you, you go, you go to the, just watched every movie ever made. If you eat Quentin, Tarantino. but there's a downside. You're you, attracted to feet. Yeah. You go to the beach and you're just licking your lips. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't stop. <laughs> you're just trying to enjoy. No, no, the, he's in control. Remember he's just taking, is he? I don't know what he's, I, I don't I, know he's what's he doing right now. George, we don't fucking know. That's a good point. <laughs> All right. Anyway, if you, if you watched it and hated it, give it another chance. If you haven't watched it, try give it, it a chance. If you watch it and loved it, and, but for different reasons that we have, tell us what those are. We're very interested. Don't we'll try to eat love us. Them, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, talk, talk to you next time. Stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. Bye, guys. Bye.